I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Xu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Dateables! It's another brand new episode of the Dateable Podcast where we dive into a dating topic that is top of mind for many of you who are in the trenches of dating right now. Yes. And today, it's just the two of us which is always fun when it's just the two of us. I'm like hearing that Will Smith song in my head. (laughs) Just the two of us. (laughs) I totally forgot about that. And maybe half our listeners have never heard that song. That's okay. You can look it up. (laughs) I just completely (laughs) forgot about it until this moment. Do Gen Zers know who Will Smith is? No, yeah, they do because he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. So yes. But not as like a pop rap star. No. (laughs) I think that part was maybe missed. We clearly don't need to go on like a Will Smith tangent, but I read like somewhere recently, like him and Jada Smith have been like separated for years and it's just like all a front. Yes. (laughs) And I have many friends in the industry who say they're both not straight at all. Interesting. 
I've had more than like five people tell me they're not straight. They're not even swingers. They're just like they're full on just using each other. But like why at this point, if everyone knows why? that their relationship is totally fake, it's like just let it go at this point. It does make you question all those Hollywood couples. How many of oh. them are real couples? I think Jay-Z and Beyonce are totally fake too. I mean, there's been so much oh, about them. They have to be fake. I mean, how many times has he cheated on her? Oh, yeah. Oh, they're definitely fake. No way. And you don't really see them together out and about. No. Like, you don't see the tabloids being like, Jay-Z and Beyonce out to dinner. No, they're always out at a event or a premiere. What do you think so of fake. Taylor Swift and her new, what's his name? Do you remember? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, yes. He's the football guy. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not a sports person, <laughs> as you can see. But yeah, it feels really fake, doesn't it? I hate it so much. I hate it so It's like, come on. Can she use her influence by dating someone not so generic, like cheerleader and football player? Can we be any more stereotypical? I'd love for her to date a politician or yeah. <laughs> environmentalist. I don't know. Something more in her wheelhouse, especially Especially if it's going to be for publicity, why not date someone more influential who can make a difference in this world? Not like this football player, which I understand. I have a lot of friends who are Travis Kelsey fans and they tell me how cool he is and woke he is, but he is definitely not a family man. He's not been faithful. He looks like a typical fuck boy. So no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of her relationships have been fake. Like Calvin Harris was clearly super yes, fake. Absolutely fake. <laughs> but do you think they were fake or they were situationships? Ooh. I know I was gonna say, I was like, this is our transition to the topic because, you know, situationships fake relationships. There is a common thread here. Yeah, because any sort of involvement you have with someone, that is a situationship, even if it is for a publicity. Whatever she's doing with Travis Kelsey, they're still seen together. They're still spending time together. It's still a situationship. When I think of situationship, I think of just like this undefined, unclear, where are we? What are we doing? So I'm not sure if I'd put it in like that definition, but there is definitely something about a situationship that is a lot of imagination, a lot of things that, you know, are in your head and might not be like a reality of a partnership real type of relationship. So I think there are some similarities there. So would you say that period before you DTR, would you say that you're not in a situationship? I don't believe that's a situationship. I feel like, okay. that, I mean, this is everyone has subjective definitions of dating, right? It's like people will be like, we were dating for six months and it turns out they went on like two dates. So I feel like the word dating yeah. and going going on dates and situationships, they all kind of get blended. The way at least I view it, love to hear your thoughts after, it's like that early stage, you're just trying to figure out if this person is someone you want to spend more time with. Like the first month mm. even, like I don't think I would call it a situationship. I feel like it's just dating. Like I'm just trying to see if this person is a match for me in any way. I think a situationship starts to happen when some time has gone on or you've been spending enough time with each other that that inevitable like what are we is starting to happen mm -hmm. and you're just in this undefined space whether that's because neither of you want to bring it up and you're afraid to have the convo or because one person is actively trying not to bring it up i think it could be either 
What do you think? So it sounds like a situationship is when at least one person has anxiety about yeah. the definition of this relationship and wants to move it forward in some way. I think that's a good way to put it. Because like at the beginning, you might have anxiety like is this person going to call me again? Will they go out again? But usually by like day two, you're not like, oh my God, are they going to be my partner? Like that's not usually what's going mm -hmm. through most people's mind. So I think that's fair. It's like when you start to wonder what's happening. At what point do you think it turns into a situationship? Is there a turning point? Because my friend just went through something where she was dating someone for a month and a half and all of a sudden mm -hmm. she was starting to question what they were. Mm. And had to have the conversation with him to which he responded, I still want to just date a ton of people. So there was a turning point between just yeah. dating to, ooh, situationship. I mean, I think there's a couple turning points in what you just described and what happens for many. Mm -hmm. First, it's just that your friend developed feelings, right? Like that could have maybe been yes. like three more months. If she didn't develop feelings, she probably wouldn't be concerned if this was growing or not. And I think that's why like yes. the beginning, the first couple dates, like there's a lot of ego at stake on those. Like, am I going to go on another date? But usually the feelings haven't come like so hardcore. Or like maybe you like hypothetically think this could be a good person for you based on like their resume or just like the chemistry you have in person, but you're not like so invested. I think a month mm -hmm. in, typically that's when the feelings happen. I don't know if your friend slept with the person she was dating. I think that could also be a pivotal point mm -hmm. too when you start to get a little more intimate, when things start to surface for you. So I think that's point one. Point two is when you actually bring it up to the person and they get like dicey about how they respond to it. It's either I'm not ready to define it or I don't want to define it. Like that's when I think it goes into situationship territory. So the first turning point is when you want something more. When you first start yeah. catching feelings and want a little something more, it's that unsettling feeling. I'm not sure if I'm going to get that something more. Everybody goes through a period of a situationship at which point you can make a decision whether you want to stay in the situationship or do something about it. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about situationships at length. It's clearly a very popular term. It's funny because I look back at my dating history and I definitely had a slew of situationships, but they didn't have that title mm -hmm. back then. They were just undefined no. messes or unrequited love where like I had way more feelings for the other person. There's many ways you mm -hmm. could define this. I think friends with benefits falls into situationships. Like anything where it's more like one-sided or it's not like you haven't defined and been like, we're going to be a partnership. Like we haven't defined the relationship in any way. But we've clearly talked mm -hmm. at large about this. But what we're going to do today is a little different. We're actually going to talk about how situationships can actually be a good thing for you and how you can use mm -hmm. these to learn about what you really want. We talk so much about how to get out of them and how not to stay in them. And that's definitely like, we're not suggesting that you just stay in them forever to learn from them. We're not suggesting that in the slightest, but sometimes people feel really bad when they're like, oh my God, I've been in a situation for six months, or I've been in the situation for the last two years or whatever the time frame is. And we want to remove some of that feeling bad and shameful and what am I doing and replace it with, okay, how do we move forward? How do we use this to actually help propel you in your love life? 
Right. Taking the shame out of situationships because we do make people feel bad about staying in situationships. And sometimes that is just the layover you need to get to the destination that you want. But we have to do it intentionally. So we're going to look at some scenarios of situationships that you could stay in and some that you probably want to get the fuck out of. Yep. But first and foremost, situationships can benefit you in a way of learning more relational skills. You are Mm -hmm. still in a thing with someone else and you are learning more about them and about yourself in this situationship. So take it as an opportunity and a privilege to really get to know someone and to get to know how you would be in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, it might not be a full-fledged relationship that you want, but any experience is relational experience. And the more you interact with others that you're dating, whether it's like a couple dates or six months or whatever the time frame is, you are learning a lot of how to interact with others. And we hear people say like, I haven't had long-term relationship experience that's putting me at a deficit. But if you start to look at all of these mini relationships as still experience, then it won't be as scary. Mm -hmm. They're all like building blocks to get you to where you want to go. I look at like some of the mini relationships I had in my 20s that built up to like more serious relationships in my 30s. And while like looking back, I would never want to repeat those relationships. I do think they (laughs) were what got me to something that was more reciprocal, something that was more entwined, all the stuff I really wanted. And maybe in my 20s, I wasn't fully ready for that for various reasons. So yeah, I think cutting yourself some slack and seeing how they're actually just helping you is a really good approach. And situationships also teach you boundaries, teach you discernment, teach you when to leave and when to stay. I think back to the situationships I've been in in my lifetime, many of them. (laughs) It taught me what I wanted by being in a situationship if the other person's not willing to give me that next level of a commitment. It taught me that I really wanted that. And I can ask for it. And if I'm not getting it, I have the option to leave. Again, the dangers of situationships is when you know you're supposed to leave, but you still stay thinking that you're going to change someone's mind. This is a project you can work on. It just means you got to work harder and prove yourself. Those are the pitfalls of staying in a situationship. But if you have the confidence, the clarity to make a decision in a situationship, that's a lot of skills that people don't learn. And it's so valuable. Absolutely. I think they taught me what I would never stand for again. Like I've talked about the two and a half year situationship before it was called a situationship that I had with uh-huh. like a former friends with benefits that was like in my social circle. So I really couldn't like escape him. I mean, I could have if I put up better boundaries, but I was always in contact with him and it just always stayed. And it was one of these situations that he came out of the gate strong, being like, I have feelings for you. I want to be in a relationship with you. And then quickly detracted and was like, I do not want to be in a relationship. And then I stayed yeah. in this situationship limbo for two and a half years trying to kind of get Mm -hmm. back to like what he originally said opposed to just take at face value like this person 
doesn't want to be in a relationship. And after that, if someone ever said that again, I'd be out because like I realized I can't change someone into wanting what I want. And also, like I remember talking to a friend about this. They're like, being in a relationship does require a lot. Like you have to like even like things that are so simple of like planning your meals together. Some people just don't want to do that. Like they want to be on their own page and you can't force someone into wanting to do that or you're just going to always be disappointed because they don't really want to do what you want to do. So I think realizing what you're never going to stand for, it's a gift because it helps you find the people that actually are more in line with what you want. A lot of this societal pressure is that you feel like in dating, the end goal is a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's why we find ourselves in situationships because we feel like, well, we got to get to that next level of commitment. But sometimes it doesn't need to end in a relationship. It can just stay a situationship until Again, like what you're saying, Julie, when you're not aligned on your goals. And for first time in my life, I feel like I'm going through that right now. I don't want to end in a relationship. I also don't want to not be dating. So I am getting involved with people, possibly having feelings, but I really like marinating in these situationships because I don't want the extra stuff that comes with a relationship right now. Right. That's not what I need. But I'm also meeting people who are in the same boat. I think that's the most important part. Well, that's where they go wrong, right? It's like when one person wants Mm -hmm. more than the other. Yeah. If both people are just like, I want a casual relationship, I actually feel like those are often not called situationships because like both people are just on the same page. Like a situation. That's true. Yeah. You're aligned. Yeah. Like situationships. It's like, what is this? What are we doing? Like all this drama around it, where if you're both just like, I don't want something serious, then no one's really stressing about it and isn't freaked out anyway. But I do think like what you said, even those, including situationships, I do think they open your heart, which is actually really important. Mm -hmm. Like every intimate relationship you have helps you continue to like flex that muscle and just open up your heart and be receptive to another human being. And I think that is beautiful, even if it doesn't result in like this person being your person. Yes, it's expansion of your heart. And we can always expand, expand, expand. And it's not about the right person or the wrong person. It's about the person right now, the the person du jour of who, who you're getting involved with. And I think situationships also teach you whether you are ready for relationships. Yeah, so yeah. many people say, I want that next level of commitment because they have the pick me mentality. I want this person to pick me to commit to. But you didn't reflect back on, do I actually want a relationship? Am I ready for that next level of commitment? Yeah. That's the first question to answer. Yeah, well, I think if you're in a situationship and you're not like raising anything, you're not actually practicing relational skills at all. And I did this. Like, I'm like, for years, it was just like, I'm not going to bring anything up, not going to rock the boat. I'll just see what happens. That actually is maybe that you're not fully ready because you're not ready to face things, even if they are challenging. And eventually, 
think you might get to that point. Like I remember the guy referenced a little while ago, eventually I was like, I need to tell him how I feel. Like I want to like sit down, have a conversation. Yeah. And he was like, no, I don't want to meet. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. But it's like that right there. You also have to question like, why am I trying to have a relationship with this person that won't even do like a bare minimum and hear you out and have a conversation? Is that the person you want to be with? Like you have to reflect on that too. Oh, so true. Yeah, it gives you more information about that person as a potential partner and how they meet you. And if you ever feel like you're walking on eggshells, you can't say what you want to say, then that is not a good place to be, whether you're committed or not, right? You don't want to be walking on eggshells around your friends, like can't be your true self. That's not a fun place to be. So even if you are in a situationship, think about, am I at least expressing myself Mm -hmm. to the truest form? And am I being authentic to who I am? Yeah. And I mean, I think this opening your heart bit, like I am thinking of a friend of mine, the one that I just visited in Mexico. She was in this situationship, like they had it like been official. I'm not even sure how many like dates they went on. It was more just like social hangs type of thing. And she realized Mm -hmm. like at first she was like, I feel like this person isn't good for me, but she wanted to see what happened with it. Mm. And I think sometimes you do need to let situations play out because even if your friends are saying like this person isn't good for you like sometimes we just need to learn ourselves and I think though in that scenario while it did end up going the way she thought like he wasn't a good person for her (laughs) wasn't gonna actually give her Uh what she wanted I said to her like when they broke up or like finally ended it it's always weird like do you call it a breakup when it was never like defined in the first place I know yeah it's always a weird thing it's still a breakup yes it is But when they finally ended it, I said to her, I was like, look, like it didn't go the way you wanted, but I feel like it opened your heart up because like before then Mm -hmm. she was just kind of going through the motions, going on dates on dating apps, not really liking anyone, being like a little ambivalent to the whole thing. And finally, I saw like, this passion that she at least like likes someone again. And I think that was really good, even though it didn't end up being like a real relationship. And then shortly after is when she met her now partner. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it all happens for a reason. It all builds on one another. So if you're in the thick of it, someone new can just be right around the corner. Yeah, you're just prepping yourself. These are the relationship fluffers that you need. Exactly. When you're ready and when you meet someone who's also ready. Should we dive into some scenarios of situationships? And Yeah, let's dive into some of those scenarios. But before we do, let's hear a message from our sponsors. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How does it feel to dwell and ruminate on something that seems like it has no end in sight? Not a good feeling, right? And personally, I've been there time and time again, having a hard time guiding myself out. And now looking back on those times, what I really needed was someone to guide me with tools and a thought process to move forward instead of staying in a cycle. When you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. My BetterHelp therapist helps guide me through frameworks of problem solving, which I love because I would much rather someone lead me to the answers than just tell me what to do. It has been so healing to speak with someone who 
genuinely cares about my well-being, and I feel like I'm in good hands with a professional. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great, convenient, accessible, and affordable option that's entirely online. You just fill out a brief survey and you'll be matched with a therapist. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com dateable today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash d-a-t-e-a-b-l-e. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash dateable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, scenarios. We have a lot of scenarios we want to run through because this can be nuanced, but we want to look at it in the lens of how can we move forward? How can we use this situationship to help propel our love lives and see the benefit that it may have given us in addition to how do I handle it in the current way? Scenario number one, I've been dating someone who already has plans of moving in three months. I knew this going into the situationship, but I really like him. He's extremely caring, thoughtful, and I feel good around him, but it does give me anxiety that this is all going to end in the near future. Should I still proceed at the risk of getting my heart broken? Yeah, I mean, this one's tough because it has an end date in line. I think it really comes down to your mentality that you're in. 
Are you in the mentality of you're going to regret it if you don't try and you want to see how this plays out? Or are you in the mentality of like, I know I want a full-fledged relationship. This person is telling me in three months they're not going to be here. And also, what is your heart telling you to? Because there's the logical side and then the emotional side. So I think balancing all of those and thinking about it that way and even if you go into this situationship or you're in it, how can you at least look at it as a learning experience, knowing that there is an end date? How can you look at this as that stepping stone that we were talking about of, okay, I know this person isn't going to be my long-term partner, but let me see what I can learn about myself, relational skills, and what I'm looking for long-term. Then I think it still, you can see the value of it opposed to, oh, this was just a waste of time. The riskiest thing you can do in this situationship is to see where it goes, let it play out, see what happens, because that's when you're not aligned. That's when you are hoping the other person gets on your same page. That's when you're hoping all your expectations are met. So there are a couple things you can do in this scenario. One is to say, if our relationship has an expiration date, what can we do today and in the next three months to make it the best fucking relationship ever? The best three-month relationship ever. So you know there's an end date. Now is your chance to optimize. The second thing you could also think about doing is... Yeah, after he moves away, it's not going to feel good. You're probably going to be a little heartbroken. Why don't you make a promise? A month after he moves away, we're going to do a check-in call to see how we're feeling. Just so you know, you're creating the space for both of you to say whatever's on your mind. And you may not hear what you want to hear at that point. Or maybe a month after he moves, you're like, that's all I needed. I'm good. You don't know. But giving yourself that space, dedicated time in the future to talk about it will relieve so much anxiety from what you're feeling today. Because it's the what if, regrets. This will take all that off the table. And so you can focus on the here and now. You know, what's funny. This situation kind of happened to my partner before he met me. He like had Hmm. a situationship with a friend of his and she was moving. So it always had this end date. Like she actually helped him get on apps and like created his profile for Mm. him. And it helped him, you know, like propel to me. So like more serious, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think it depends on what you're looking for. You obviously have to know yourself. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be sad when this person leaves. But if you could also look at like what gift they're giving you, that could be helpful in appreciating the whole situation, not just being like, oh, it's a waste of time. Yeah, exactly. You're still spending time together. So why not make it the best it possibly can be. And I know so many people in this situation would try to taper off the relationship. Like, I'm just going to spend less time with this person towards the end and stop texting them back. That's game playing. What you're doing is just depriving yourself of what could be. Lean in. Talk about, okay, if we're going to make the next three months the best possible, can we make sure that we hang out at least three times a week? Can we make sure that we have a bucket list of things we're going to do together? We're going to check them off together. Like how exciting is that? You're at least giving your full effort without trying to hold back anything. Because end of those three months, you might just be like that relationship just needed to be three months. Trust me, if you can make it the best possible (laughs) at the end, you might just say, great, we're ending on a high note. This will forever go into my memories as one of the top situationships I've ever been in. Now I'm ready for the real deal with someone who is ready. 
that is exactly what happened with my partner. It was like, now I'm ready for something more and this opened my heart to wanting Mm -hmm. something more. I also want to recognize people that recognize they can't do this because I think a lot of it comes down to your mindset, where you are. I think for you, especially you, like you're coming out of a relationship. So maybe you're not as like Mm -hmm. in a rush for something. But if you're someone like probably how I was at the end before I met my partner, like I didn't really want to like spend time like exploring things that I knew didn't have the potential to be something more. Because I had done that before. <laughs> and I was like, True. that was heartbreaking to me. So I also think recognizing where you're coming from, and it's okay to just be like, I don't want to do this because you're moving in three months. Like, that's okay yeah. to have that boundary. And I think you're actually still learning from that situation ship, even if you don't let it play out for three months. You're saying, okay, I'm really clear about what I want right now, and I'm going to go find it. Yeah. Okay. Scenario number two. I've been in a friends with benefits situationship for the last six months. We started off in the same friend circle and things developed after she told me she had feelings for me. We have fun together when we're out and the sex is great, but she's made it clear that she's not looking for anything serious and we've never actually gone on a real date. I know she likes me though, despite not wanting anything more than our arrangement now. What can I do to turn this around? Friends with benefits. Well, Friends with benefits only last until the benefits are gone. <laughs> and when the benefits are gone, you're also no longer friends. So this is this is one of those <laughs> things. It's like, yeah, let's address it now. I mean, the fact that you haven't been on a real date is sort of kind of like the first place to start. Because I think to have someone see you in a different context, you have to also be intentional about what you're trying to create. So we see this a lot with casual scenarios is we hang out all the time and we've been spending time, but it's not formal. It's not intentional. Well, then the other person will see you as not formal, not intentional, completely casual, right? First thing you could do is ask this person on a date. I really want to take you out on a proper date. I don't know how we're going to get along and how this will go, but let's explore and see where it goes. On the receiving end, that's kind of exciting to be like, wow, okay, let's see each other in a totally different context outside the bedroom and with clothes on. Wow. (laughs) What a concept. And just have no ties to the outcome, more just curious about how we're going to interact with each other. I really like that. Like I'm thinking about the scenario I shared about my very similar situation, right? The friends with benefits mm-hmm. situationship where I like eventually got the courage to be like, I want to reach out and tell him I want a full-fledged relationship because at that point I was like in love with the person. But to him, mm-hmm. like all those other steps were missing also. Like I could have just been like, yeah. do you want to go on a date? You know, yes. I'm not saying like it's a lot to just all of a sudden dump that when you haven't done any of the follow-up steps. And back to building your relational skills, just doing nothing in this relationship and hoping for the day where they come around and change their mind, that's not actually building your relational skills. Having those tough convos are really helpful 
for the day that comes in your relationship that you're going to need to have tough conversations. It won't be the same conversation because hopefully in your relationship, that person's committed, but it doesn't mean that once you get into a committed relationship, there'll never be a difficult conversation you need to have and there will never be a time that you two aren't on the same page because that is inevitable. So if you can use this as like practice for those that are going to eventually come, then this is not wasted time in my opinion. Putting yourself on the line, being vulnerable, taking risks. The true definition of vulnerability isn't what we think it is, like just pouring our heart out and talking about our past traumas. It's actually taking risks and potentially being rejected. But if you don't do that ever, like you're never going to grow in dating. So use this opportunity to at least try doing some of that stuff. We're talking about evolution here. Sometimes we go from zero to 60. We go from a situationship to, do you want to be in a relationship with me? Like you were saying, Julie. But how can someone picture that with you when they haven't experienced what you're like in a relationship when you've just been casual this whole time? There's a context shift. And in order to evolve out of the situationship into a more relationship context, you have to kind of show them what that feels like. So I had a girlfriend who was in a situationship, friends with benefits with someone for a year. And the whole time they only met up after 10 o'clock. It was always mm-hmm. in the bedroom, never went out on a date, never talked on the phone, never texted, etc. And then at the year mark, she's like, I really want to see how this would be as a more serious thing of relationship. So she did something so different. She texted him during the day and said, what are you doing on Saturday? Which was two days away. So planning in advance and invited him to dinner. Okay. And he was very open to it. He was like a little bit kind of taken aback, but he was like, "Okay, oh, we're trying something different. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go out Saturday for dinner. They go on this dinner date and had nothing to say to each other, realized (laughs) that there was just absolutely no way in hell they would ever work in a relationship. And she's like, I'm so glad I tried it before I asked for it. Right. And I think we often skip that evolution. Like, why not even give it a try first? Try it in a different context first before you even ask for it. Yeah. Like her fantasy bubble was probably popped right then and there too. Yeah. It reminds me of that Sex in the City episode where Carrie like tries yes, to make I was her friends the with benefits more and they like go to a sushi restaurant. She's just like, oh my God, I cannot be with this person. So that's why you should have these conversations early and often. Like don't even wait a year. I mean, I'm glad your friend eventually did it, but do it after a couple of months. Like don't be afraid to have it. And I think what someone yeah. says is so telling. I mean, obviously if there's just no connection. That's one thing. But if someone's like not receptive, they tell you like they just want to keep things as they are, or they really, you know, double down on the fact that they are not ready for a relationship, then you also have information at that point. And you know where you stand and you can gracefully exit because at least you know you gave it your all and tried and that you two just aren't aligned. Yes. Warning here. Stop playing it cool. Stop using words like I totally understand. It's totally cool with me. I'm not a big deal. Stop doing that. We've all been guilty of doing that. And what that signals to the other person is that you are not discerning, that you are not making a decision, that you're not in control, that you're putting everything in this other person's control. And 
if you really want to move your situationship into a relationship, you have to stand confidently in what you're trying to get at. So if the other person's like, in my friend's situation, if she asked him out to dinner, he was like, you know what? I really don't want to be part of that. I don't want to give that a try. The worst thing she could have done would have been, it's cool. Yeah, let's just go back to what we're doing. It's all good. You know, I'm just putting it out there. No, she would then have to really stand her ground and say, okay, well, I'm ready to move this, evolve this situationship. And if you're not, then this is not going to work out. So stop playing it cool. Because if you play it cool, you're actually not benefiting anybody in the scenario. You're just prolonging something that you want. And it's so much better, even though it's hard to get an answer and we're afraid of the answer. I know a long time, like I didn't have the courage to put out what I wanted because I was afraid of the answer. We need to stop being afraid of the answer. It's just information we're gathering. And if the person isn't receptive, it's not the right person. And that can feel scary in the moment when you feel like the chemistry, the attraction, all of that's there. You've built up in your mind that this is the person for you. But if they're not ready to meet you, like that isn't who you want in your life. If you have the conversation, it's kind of like what you were saying, UA, like you need to be strong about what you're saying. Yeah. We see a lot of people like have these DTR conversations and they're like, so what are you looking for? Yeah. And it's like, start out with what you're looking for. And it can even just be like, I've been having a really great time with you over the last three months or six months or whatever it is. Eventually, I do want a long-term committed relationship. Where are you at? At least you've stated what you're looking for and you're putting it out Mm -hmm. there. You're not even saying necessarily like, I want it with you, but you're saying like, this is what I want. And eventually, if I'm not finding it here, I'm going to go find it somewhere else instead of just this ambiguous like, so where are we? What are we doing? A recent tactic I learned is using the phrase, I like to explore this with you. I like to explore what a committed relationship would be like with you. How do you feel about that? And if the other person's like, yeah, I'm open to exploring, then you can collaborate on what does that even mean? What is a more committed relationship even mean? You define the terms together. The word explore is so open, yet it also moves things along. Like I'm willing to see where this goes, but it's less committal than I want a relationship. Do you want a relationship too? (laughs) Let's get on the relationship train. You know, it just seems softer. I like that. And I mean, even if you're the person that wants the relationship, like your friend, she realized after Mm -hmm. she went on a date that maybe she doesn't want a relationship with this person. So being in this explore mode, it could just help you even if you're the one driving. So 100% on that. So true. So we have a third scenario. But before we do, let's hear a message from our sponsors. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey. And yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. 
and feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to our last and final scenario, I've been in an on and off again relationship for the last two years. There are times when we call each other boyfriend, girlfriend, and other times when we break up where it's unclear what we are. It's been hard to break out of this arrangement, though, as I'm deeply in love with him and he claims he is with me, yet he says he can't commit to a serious relationship. I'm waiting for the day that he can fully commit as there's always something external getting in the way, like his job, mental health, family issues, etc. Am I wasting my time? This one hits hard because I feel like this happened to me also. <laughs> Is this you? Did you write in? <laughs> I'm under a secret pen name. (laughs) I don't think it's ever a waste of time because you're always learning and growing. So I don't like that term. That being said, if you're just continuing the same cycle over and over again, you need to evaluate and see if there's something different that can be done. Because just doing the Mm -hmm. same thing, expecting different results is a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say like the last two years have been a waste of time because I don't think that's the case. If you really want to move this forward, I think that there needs to be some larger stakes in the ground of like, I really want to be in a committed long-term relationship with you. Not even soft at this point, like we were just talking about, because it's been two years. Mm -hmm. You know you want to be with this person. There needs to be, how do we cut out this on again, off again? Because that is not a stable relationship in the slightest. And Mm -hmm. as someone that has been in an off again, on again relationship to what I'm in now, it's so clear like how unstable that was, even though it didn't feel like it in the moment and how that would never have worked for like a life partner type of relationship. Getting clear of what is it that you actually want. I think sometimes too, we can be blinded by the person that we're with because we are in love and we have all those love hormones going on and the brain chemistry and all the stuff that's happening. Is this actually the person you see yourself doing life with? That's a reflection before you even have that conversation with them. And if the answer is yes, how are you two going to do something different? That's the way to get out of this wasted time. The word that worries me the most in this one is waiting. Anytime you're waiting for something to happen, waiting for someone to change their mind, waiting for someone to get out of the funk they're in, you're the one in trouble because you have absolutely no control. No. What is happening? No. You are just the sitting duck. Why would you want to live your life like that? If you ever find yourself waiting, that's a time to take action. And the action here is to sit down with this person and obviously tell them that you're deeply in love with them. Tell them the two years has really meant a lot and say, but this is not the ideal relationship I want to be in. Is this the ideal relationship you want to be in? Like kind of get them on board. Do you like this off and on thing? And then once you understand where they're at, you can say, let's talk about what is the most ideal relationship that we could be in. What does that look like? Because the last two years, we have not 
been ideal. And so when no. you bring that person in to ideating around the ideal, maybe it'll help them understand, okay, I need to step it up or it'll help them understand, I don't want to do that. I think the reality too is there's always going to be job stress. There's always going to be mental health issues going on. Yes. Like life is not perfect. So if someone isn't there to ride that out with you and they see that as a reason to break out of the relationship instead of double down on a relationship, that's a problem too. And I'm not saying that like you should be this person's therapist and like do all the things, but part of being in a relationship is supporting each other. And one of the beauties of being yeah. in a relationship is having someone to help support you. I feel like in my situation, I justified a lot of these external for a long time. And I thought mm -hmm. that was why our relationship didn't work out. And then I realized it was that he wasn't committed enough. Like ultimately, that was the mm -hmm. reason because all this stuff can be worked out. It's life. Like you have to work with someone if that's truly what you want. And, you know, if it's not knowing that and this person is not willing to do ride out life with you and do life with you, that goes back to like, is this the relationship I actually want? Easier said than done. Totally get it. Because two years is a long time. It is. With someone when you're in love with them too, there are deep feelings in there. But also when you're there, got to think, could I do another year of this? Yeah. Could I see myself yep. doing five years of this, seven years of this? Like life. This is yeah. the shortest <laughs> amount of time you would be devoting to this relationship or situationship. Do you want to keep going? Do you want to devote one more day? Right. That's a better way of looking at it than being like, oh, I spent two years on this. It's like, yeah, but there could be more. Do you actually want to spend more of that time? And it's not a me against you kind of mentality, which it sounds that way in situationships, is find every opportunity to bring them in mm -hmm. as one team. And if they're not willing to work as one team, you have your answer. You know, if they're like pitting you against them, giving you all these excuses for external factors, they are the one yep. not being a team player. And that gives you information to say, I want out because I don't feel supported on this team. Yeah. These are just not easy scenarios when feelings are involved. But I know some of you are saying, I've never felt this way about someone. Yeah. This is the deepest I've ever felt for someone. This is the first time I've ever fallen in yeah. love with someone. But imagine those feelings with someone who is ready to get on the same page as you. How much more amplified would that be? How much more magical would that be? And know that that is in the future that is possible, but it's not possible if you keep this energy in your life. I feel like that is my story. Exactly. Like that was <laughs> why I stayed is because that was how I felt is I never had felt that way about someone before. And it was reciprocal in a lot of ways, but it wasn't reciprocal in the sense of this is the relationship I need. And you're right, like making way for that is so much more powerful. And now looking back on it, I can see it for what it was in the moment. I really thought this was my person, like despite all of that. So I want to recognize 
recognize that it's really hard sometimes. But again, it's all about opening your heart, expanding that heart and building on it and understanding what you need and want in a relationship. And if you're never getting into these situationships and you're always just trying to protect yourself and, you know, never like actually diving into something, then you're never actually going to get to where you want to go either. So it's important Mm -hmm. to start looking at these as positives because we also see a lot of people that just like never want to pull the trigger on anything. Like they're just like so scared of making the wrong decision. So like just going on date after date, like devoid of any feelings, like they never feel something. And I don't know, this is like sounds really cheesy, but I was listening to this like Elenium song that's called Feel Something on the plane. <laughs> and I was getting a little emotional. It's like, basically, it's like, I just want to feel something like that's the whole song. And I think so much of dating is like, we want to protect ourselves, we want to protect our hearts, we don't yes. want to feel the pain. But if if we don't feel that, yes. then there's no way that we can open them up to actually feel love. Like, I feel like it's two sides of the same coin. And if you're not willing to go there, like, you can never actually get to the desired outcome you want to get to. So, I think giving yourself like grace, credit that you're putting yourself out there and feeling something is really huge and something that should be celebrated. Putting yourself out there is a risk, but it comes with so much more than just the risk itself. There's such an upside to all of it. Even if you get your heart broken, you still felt the privilege yeah. of feeling something for someone. What an amazing feeling. As you know, Julie, and as our listeners do know, I didn't feel anything till I got Mojo, my dog. <laughs> and after a few months of having him, I was like, oh my gosh, my heart is exploding right now with love. I just want to keep giving. There's so much more to give. And sometimes when we protect, 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 and we go inward, 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 there's less love to give because we feel like we have to ration it. We have to make sure that we protect it. And the less love you give out, the less love the universe gives back to you, right? So we have to think about it that way. It's like a giver's mentality, but the more you can expand your heart and your capacity for love, the more you're opening your opportunities to receive love. Yeah. And I think like it really teaches you what's important too. like if you don't have experiences, there's no way to know. You're just like going off of a textbook Mm -hmm. of like, these are the qualities that matter in a relationship. There, of course, there's some universal ones that probably are applicable to all, like honesty. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think most people have different thresholds of what's important to them. I realized after my on again, off again relationship, situationship, whatever you want to call it, I learned how important consistency was for me. And because mm-hmm. it was on again, off again, because there were ups, highs, and lows, and ups and downs. But I never paid attention to that before this. Mm-hmm. That was something that was like really important for me when I dated after him. And my partner was very consistent from day one. And that was like a big reason that the relationship propelled forward, that I could actually like go into the deeper stuff because I felt so safe and calm and protected in it. And that was never Mm -hmm. a feeling I had in my last relationship. And I, you know, having this relationship where I'm like, I have nothing to talk to my friends about was such a foreign concept to me because all my past (laughs) ones, there was a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect. But knowing that that was actually a good thing, like I think in the past, I might have been like, oh, that's boring. Like, that's not a good thing. But you need these experiences to learn what you actually want and what's good for you and what's 
what's healthy. And I think the other piece too is like when things got hard with my ex, he ran. He was like, we can't do this. This is why we can't be in a relationship where with my current partner, when things get hard, he runs towards me and is like, let's figure this Mm -hmm. out. Let's make it work. And to see those two parallels, that's how I know I'm in the right relationship now. Like if I didn't have that past, I probably wouldn't appreciate this as much. Your parents can tell you not to cross the street all they want, but you have to cross that street once (laughs) to see how scary it is. So you never do it again. It's the same thing in relationships. You got to kind of do the things that are risky to know what your risk tolerance is and where your boundaries are. So if you find yourself in a situationship, this entire episode is devoted to when you find yourself in a situationship, instead of saying, oh, fuck, here we go again, (laughs) another situationship. You can say this is a learning opportunity for me to grow, for me to learn about myself, for me to learn about how to communicate my needs, my boundaries, and I can grow exponentially from this. This is a privilege to be in the situationship. So don't feel like it's that negative thing that we always talk about. Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck situationships. Only fuck situationships if you stay unwillingly. If you stay waiting, if you stay hoping for change, those are not the situationships you want to be in. But if you stay because you're learning, you're growing, you are reaching more of your potential and you are expanding your heart, that's a great situationship to be in. Yeah. Or if you're able to leave the situationship and realize that this is a stepping stone. I want to rebrand like situationships as stepping stones for the real deal. So I really believe that's what they are if we choose to see them that way. And it's only a problem if you keep entering the same thing over and over again. Like I think if someone is like, I don't want a relationship. And then the next person you meet says the same thing. You're like, okay, let me try it again. That's very different than being like, okay, the last time this happened was not good. We were not on the same page. I want someone that's fully in. I'm going to exit this next situation. Fantastic conversation as always. Hope you all gained something from that. I certainly have and made me think about the situationships that I've been in and reflect. We'll be back with another episode next week with a completely different topic. And this is the beauty (laughs) of the show is that we can reflect on all these different topics. And there's always something relatable and resonant for what you're going through. If you like this episode, why don't you give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts? Just simple five stars. And in the review, you can talk about how you've handled your recent situationships or something you learned from this episode. Or if you're learning the word situationship for the first time, Uh can you even write that in your review? And also you can send us your topic requests by emailing us, hello at datablepodcast.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at datablepodcast is the handle. Awesome. Well, this was such a great episode. I'm glad that we got this conversation off our chest. Mm -hmm. Dateable Podcast is all about how do we take what's happening in modern dating and use it to really build and create the love lives that we want and not get bogged down in modern dating culture, but rather rise above the culture and figure out how do we actually get to the place we want to go? And I think situationships yeah. are a perfect example of this. Like you can really get bogged down to, oh my God, everyone just wants a situationship. All that's happening to me is a situationship. Or you could go, okay, I had a situationship. I'm learning yep. for it and I'm moving to where I want to go. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next week. Stay, Stay 
Dateable. The Dateable podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay datable. Thank you.